0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. As we're getting our bearings for this new year, I know many of us are trying to get ourselves together, never mind anything else, but we're pushing into all that God has for us. I want us to consider real quick this today as we dive into this podcast, what influence does our past have on us? And so that's the title for today's podcast, The Influence of Our Past. I want us to ask the question, what am I stepping into the new year with? Perhaps you would title it as baggage or experience. So so we're just going to unpack a little bit about the influence of the past. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. If you are new, uh, welcome. For all of those who listen to this regularly, again, welcome to everyone. But as far as possible, as you know, we release this every Tuesday. And the point of this podcast is for you to perhaps grab a cup of coffee or tea, hot chocolate, Uh, Perhaps you're on your way to work in the car or to drop the kids off or you're at gym, exercising, wherever you're doing, wherever you are, the whole point is just that we've come together around scripture and we just talk about some things, anything that may help us to become more like Jesus or to help us love him perhaps a bit more or to help us love others a bit more. So uh, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on so you can get notifications every time we release a new one. And let's dive into today's session. Again, the question is simply this. What influence does our past have on our today? How are we living out of the context of our past? In order to unpack this, I want to leverage a passage of scripture where we see a hero of our faith, Moses, respond to a situation and in his response, we see how much the past was still affecting his thinking. The context of this passage is that two tribes have just come to Moses and requested the land they were already in as their possession. They simply asked, this is all they were asking, that if the good land they had conquered now, were, if they could already occupy that, and if that could land could be given to them as their inheritance. All they were saying is, Moses, Moses, this land we're in now is good. Please, can we have this land as our inheritance? So they were kind of going, hey, we know the promised land is ahead of us. We know that there's still stuff to do. But if you wouldn't mind, could you already give us our inheritance? And this is how Moses responds. Numbers 32, quite a big passage from verse 6 to 14. But Moses said to the people of Gad and to the people of Reuben, shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshkol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the people of Israel from going into the land that the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day. And he swore, saying, surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upwards shall see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. None except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. Verse 14 says, And behold, you have risen in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. And can you hear the pain in Moses' voice? Moses is confronted with a request from two and a half tribes, and he, in order to respond, he reaches back into the pain of his past and he basically says this, you guys always do this. He's confronted with a single request and explodes with all the pent up frustration that has been building up for years of leading a rebellious people. He brings his entire history with these people into a single conversation. We've all been in these conversations, right? We've all been in these situations. Perhaps you were the one who brought up a seemingly innocuous idea. You kind of asked a simple question, made a simple statement, and you received an explosion that would make the Pompeii explosion look like a firecracker. We know what it's like to be on the other end of a past-filled explosion. Or perhaps you know what it's like to be the one who explodes. You know what it's like to not be able to take it anymore. And and even you will admit perhaps you overreacted, but it just—it all seemed to come out at once. And and once it started, it felt like you didn't have any control anymore. And and it only stopped once you got rid of all your pent-up frustration. And then perhaps you were exhausted. And perhaps even you would say, I don't know why, but it just happened. Either way, we know what it's like to be in the past, in the presence of the past. Today, I simply want to reflect on this idea and ask a few questions to help us understand how close we are to exploding and to understand others when they explode on you. And so I think we can all identify with Moses. We can all identify with perhaps the people who came and just asked, Moses, can we? And so here are a couple of questions to help you maybe search your own soul. Number one, what from your past is still difficult for you to speak about today? What from your past is still difficult for you to speak about today? One of the warning signs that an explosion is imminent is when something in your past is too difficult to speak about today. There may be something in your past, something you've experienced that you cannot bring yourself to speak about. Even when that general topic of that experience comes up, you have a habit of removing yourself from the conversation before it's your turn to say anything. Or you simply lie, or you act dumb, or you make up stuff. What in your past still hurts more than it should to the point where you just never want to speak about it to the people you love, to strangers, it doesn't matter who, you just never want this topic, this experience to come up in conversation. This area is causing pressure to build up in you. If there is something that you refuse to speak about, there is pressure building up. This area that is untouchable, that is out of bounds, it's not hidden. It's simply buried so deep that it has no other option but to put pressure on other areas of life. I don't know if you've ever tried to deflate something like a, an inflatable for a pool or an air mattress. And, and what happens is as you're trying to deflate it, when you put pressure on one area, it doesn't mean that the air necessarily goes out. The air just goes to somewhere where the pressure is not as high. You can lie on one side and the other side you know, pops up. This is, this is what it's like when we bury things deep In us, the pressure causes is bound to come out somewhere. The difficulty with this is often we try to focus on the area where the pressure comes out rather than on the area that caused the pressure. You may explode on your spouse because of stuff that's been happening over and over and over at work. And so what happens is we see our explosion to our spouse and what we do is we try to work harder on our marriage, but the source of the pressure is actually what's going on at work. And if we don't deal with the work situation, we're gonna keep exploding in the marriage. Often our explosion in one area doesn't have to do with that area at all. And you know this and I know this. Sometimes we can explode on our husband and wife or our kids and actually it's got nothing to do with them or vice versa. You explode on your employees because of what's going on at home. Now this is also important for those of us who get exploded on. I know this is difficult, but we should try not to take it personally. We need to look beyond the explosion and do our best to empathize and to ask questions about what's caused it. We are not justifying the explosion. Please, I'm not justifying an explosion, but what we are doing is we're trying to understand the background. So the question number one is, is there something that's too difficult for you to speak about? And if it is, can I ask you to to, to seek someone, to seek professional help, to write it out perhaps, if it's too difficult to verbalize, write it, but do something. The second question, is, is there a pattern behind my overreactions? If these explosions are happening, and they're happening routinely, over and over, if we're exploding about things that really don't matter or things that shouldn't cause an explosion, and this is happening over and over, we need to ask what's going on, what what triggers us? Is it a person, or perhaps a specific type of person, Is it a specific area that when it's brought up, you explode? Is it a specific time of the year that explosions seem to happen more than at other times? These questions, these simple questions may reveal the bad experience you had. It might mean that experience you had with one person now clouds everyone who looks like that person or who reminds you of that person. I love how Moses basically says to a new generation, you're exactly like your parents. He saw the new generation through the rebellion of the previous generation. And so every time he even smelt or considered that there was rebellion, he brought up the entire history that he had had. These questions may reveal a sensitive area of your life or the time of year that brings back bad memories, perhaps around Christmas time or around Easter or your anniversary or a birthday. These things come and you explode a bit more because what it's saying to you is these times of the year remind you of things? These are great questions for self-diagnosis. These are also good to remember when we engage with people who are explosive. Perhaps learning some of their triggers might help to lessen the amount of time spent recovering from their explosions. Please, don't use this information as a way to hurt them or to trigger them. If you do know their triggers, you're placed in an incredibly privileged position because you can trigger them, but you can also understand their triggers. If you're frustrated with them, please, Don't hit that emotional self-destruct button within them. Rather, use that information to love them better. And the last question I want to ask is, how have you framed what happened to you? How have you framed what has happened to you? We can't always control what happens to us. And you know this, and I know this. Sometimes things happen to us that are beyond our control, beyond our ability to reason. But what we can do is we can control how we frame what happens to us often when we have something that causes us to explode, it's not just the event itself, but it's how we've chosen to remember it. Something may have happened to you in your past and and you know it keeps coming up, you keep exploding because the the aftermath of that experience is still a very real reality to you. And so you keep exploding, you keep uh, hurting those around you, but maybe it's not necessarily just the event itself, but how we cho- it's how we chose to frame it. When something happens, we can either choose to allow it to make us victims, And if that's the case, we will then explode in some other time or or place. If we choose to focus on what we have lost or what's been taken from us, we again will have a tendency to explode. However, if we choose to see God's faithfulness and his sovereignty, if we choose to see what God has done in and through us, despite the setback or through the experiences that have happened to us, then instead of those things becoming reasons for us to explode, they then become fuel for our praise. Where are we like Moses in this passage? Where have we allowed the past to cause pressure inside of us to cause explosions on those around us? Where have we allowed what happened to us to make us victims or to make us vulnerable? What is, what is off limits? Where is there a cycle and how have you framed your past? I wanna encourage you, if you know that as you reflect on the year that's just passed, that there have been way too many explosions that have come out of you, perhaps it's time to do some of that hard soul work that God calls us to in discipleship. Perhaps we have to reflect on what's happened to us and, and what's happened around us, and we need to ask a very important question. God, help me with my past. I think one of the best prayers that you can pray for your family, one of the best prayers you can pray for your career, one of the best prayers you can pray for the calling of God on your life is simply this. God, help me deal with my past. Your past is not meant to define you. It's meant to inspire you. Your past is not meant to confine you. It's meant to be a launching pad for you to soar into your future, even when your past is negative. And so today, can I encourage you? Do not let the influence of your past rob you of the potential of your future. I hope this has encouraged you. And perhaps as you think about it during this week, as you ponder about it this week, I pray that you would... Maybe get even counsel from others. Hey, when do I explode? What, what's my triggers? And you would step into the rest of this year knowing that those explosions are gonna minimize because God is helping you deal with your past. Hope this has helped you. And uh, until we see you again, have an amazing week. God bless everybody. See you soon.